おはよう皆さん !Made in in Japan podcast、えー、久々の挨拶をするホストのエリオットです。お元気でしたか約1ヶ月半ぶりの新エピソードを今挙げてますが、えー、そのうちに秋が、えー、去っていき、えー、完全に冬に突入しましたよね。その間、えー、僕はまあ人生の大転換って言いますか、えー、一緒に一度のこと、えー、つまり結婚ですね、えー、をしたわけです。はい、えー。5年も付き合ってくれたパートナーと11月4日に結婚式を挙げさせてもらいました。約95年にご参加いただき、えー、大阪の太鼓園、えー、というところで、えー、まず親善式を挙げてから和洋折衷の披露宴を行いました。これで私の太平洋をまたぐ2つの人生がようやく結ばれこれまでで一番幸せな一日を過ごさせてもらいました当日ご参加いただいた皆さん日頃応援していただいている皆さんに感謝の意を申し上げたいと思っています本当にありがとうございます幸せですという非常に固い挨拶を終えて本日の極めて砕けたエピソードに入っていこうと思っていますというのも、本日はアメリカのカンザス州生まれのロン・シュローターさんをゲストに迎えています。ロンさんは2013年の来日以降、えー、プロの総合格闘技、えー、MMA ですね、MMA の選手を、えー、やって、で、また、えー、CM や広告のモデル、そして英会話スクールのマネージャーも、えー、やって、えー、来ている万能型人間ですね。でロ,ンさんロンさんは MMA のキャリアを最大の目的として、えー、現在名古屋を生活拠点、えー、にしながらも、まあ、数年前にその、えー、活躍 MMA での活躍を,を、えー、終えましたでそこから教育側にシフトし、えー、今年から柔術の、えー、クラスも始めましたロンさんと話してると、えー、まず格闘技に対する情熱があふれるように伝わってくるし、えー、ポッドキャストの大半は、えー、その活動の経歴と思い、えー、について熱く語ってもらってますインタビューが始まってから、まあ、すぐに柔術が彼のアイデンティティの一部分である、えー、ということは分かっていただけると思いますまあえっ、ー、と格闘技の素人である僕にとっては非常に興味深い会話になりましたただそれだけで終わらずいろいろな意味でロンさんがとても素晴らしいゲストになりましたまず本人のパッションですねでロンさんは大きな声で自分のことを面白げに語る典型的なアメリカ人ですねこういうゲストはもちろんいつでも大歓迎ですでまた次に目的意識本人にとって格闘技は何を意味するのかあの間違いなくその趣味の領域を超越したところでさまざ、あ、まな例えを用いて分かりやすく語ってもらってますそしてその表現の仕方なんですけれども、まあ、適当な冗談、えー、ユーマーですねとふんだんな汚い言葉を交えて対話になってますので、まあ、アメリカ人同士の英語を学びたい日本人にとっては非常に勉強になるのかなと思います最後には人間性ですね格闘技っていう、まあ、極めてタフなことをやりながらもロンさんと話してみると、えー、その経験の真相には謙虚な自分があるっていうことが分かりますロンさんは
名古屋市で今英語で指導を行う柔術のクラスの講師をやっているのでご興味のある方はぜひお調べくださいディスクリプションのところに本人のインスタグラムのアカウントをリンクさせているのでやってみたいなと思う方は連絡してください非常に気さくな方なんで遠慮することなく連絡してください喜んで対応してくれる間違いありませんでは英語の挨拶が済んだら本番が始まるのでぜひお聞きくださいもしかすると動機づけになるかもしれません Welcome to the Made in Japan podcast everybody This is your host Elliot Conti coming back from a month and a half hiatus after getting married in Osaka last month The wedding itself despite being endlessly stressful to plan was a huge success I'm happy to say、uh, We had 95 guests in attendance From 10 different countries around the world,、uh, we held a traditional Japanese ceremony and followed that up with a Western style reception. It was the ap- absolutely the happiest day of my life, and I send my love and gratitude to all of those who attended,、uh, especially those who came from overseas. It truly meant the world to me. And with that, I want to jump right into the episode, as I have a pretty hysterical guest to introduce today. For this episode, I am joined by Ron the Caveman Schroeder. A Kansas born Renaissance man of sorts who came to Japan in 2013 with the goal of fighting MMA professionally. And fight he did. Ron achieved this goal, becoming a professional MMA fighter in the Pancrase League、uh, here in Nagoya, with a professional career that lasted until 2015. We talked extensively about his background as a Jiu Jitsu practitioner,、uh, his career arc as a fighter. And what the martial arts have meant to him throughout his life. Ron parlayed his professional career into instruction and now teaches a Jiu Jitsu course in Nagoya. Alongside that, he is also a professional model, which we get into just a bit at the end of the podcast. He mentioned that he was on set with、uh, Nishikori K, Japan's number one tennis player, for some, year, for, for some time now.、Uh, I was very jealous about that. Um, Ron is also the manager of an English school here in Nagoya. So he's got his hand in、uh, a lot of different things.、Uh, Ron and I recorded the podcast over drinks at my apartment here in Nagoya. It is a lighthearted, humorous conversation, although I will say the vocabulary is quite adult in nature. So please prepare yourself if you or your children happen to find four letter, four letter words distasteful. However, despite the free flowing tone of the conversation, we touch on what I believe are some extremely important topics like goal setting and having a purpose, the importance of hard work, and the strange way in which a short term move to Japan can transform into six years before one knows it, something that happened to both Ron and myself. Ron's description of his dedication to training and fighting reminded me of my initial immersive approach to Japanese language study. We took different trails, but our efforts somehow led us both to our current lives ongoing here in Japan. Whether you like MMA or not, I feel like Ron provides an excellent, albeit difficult to replicate, model、uh, for how one can carve out a niche and build a career here in Japan outside of the mainstream English teaching path. I have linked Ron's Instagram account in the episode description, and you can find him easily if you just Google his name.、Uh, so, I recommend anyone who is interested in the martial arts, in jujitsu, in modeling in Japan, 
or any of the other various activities Ron is involved in, uh, to not hesitate in contacting him. Uh, I guarantee you, if you do have the chance to meet him, uh, you'll have a good time. As for me, I have plans to get in at least one more episode before the new year, so I'll save my greeting until then. Thanks as always, and see you next time. Cheers, my man. Cheers, man. <laughs> Thanks for having me. Yeah, 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 yeah. Thanks for coming out. And you've now lived in Japan for, what, six, seven six, years? Six years. Six years in August, which mm. is pretty unbelievable. This is, the, this is the longest I've been in one city since I left my house when I was 18. Really? Yeah, which is pretty crazy. Well, I met you right after you came to Japan, mm. right? Uh, you'd probably, you hadn't been in Nagoya for more than a month even. We met at a party, right? Oh, M- yeah. Mutual friend. Yeah. And I as well am surprised that you're still in Japan. <laughs> I don't know. I, d- I didn't have the impression that you were one who was going to stay for, for a long period of time. Really? Because I yeah. never know what the hell I'm going to do ever in like uh. the next month usually in my life, you know? So Really? I mean, I did have an original plan to be here for like a year or a year and a half. Okay. Because I came kind of in between the year, you know, like in August, they just needed a replacement. Mm. Replacement re- teacher? Uh, teacher, yeah. Okay, yeah. okay. And so I still remember when I got that email, it was like after Muay Thai practice in, when I was in Portland, Oregon, and I mm. got this offer, and they're like, we need you here in a month, and I'm like, my life's about to change, Yeah, you know, because sure. I, was, I said I was going to do it, and so, you know, usually, you know, April is when everything's changing here, right? So right. I thought, oh, I'll stay a year, and then a half, and then I'll head back, and now it's six it's six years. <laughs> it's yeah. like holy shit. Nah, I, I know crazy. what you mean, man. Yeah. A similar thing happened to me. Um, but why Japan? What brought, um, what brought you here? I just wanted to live in Asia. You know, somewhere mm. in Asia, just somewhere completely different than the U.S. Mm. So I was fighting in Oregon. Fighting? Um, what were you fighting? Muay MMA. 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 So I started doing jujitsu. Um, you know, uh, I was living in Portland. And uh, yeah, I found jujitsu, or jujitsu found me. Mm. Thankfully, thank God. Um, I was uh, in a pretty kind of bad place, like mm. drunk all day, oh, okay. every day, you know. How old were you around that time? Were you... 28. Okay. Yeah, I was 28, 37 now, so like nine years. But mm. my uh, my roommate, I remember I'd, I'd go home and my roommate had like his gi hanging up in the basement. And I have no idea like what this is. Mm. Like, oh, cool. You do some kind of like karate or something, you know. Mm, mm. And he's like, dude, you should try this. You're a big physical guy. I think you'll love it, man. I yeah. was like, all right, whatever. And then one day I came home from work. I was selling security systems ADT door to door you know okay I was like so tired just depressed not making sales yeah it's like dude come to the gym I was like all right whatever and I'm thinking like lifting I don't know why I was thinking we're gonna go lifting or something right, you know right. he just well, said the, the gym, gym you know yeah, yeah. but I knew he was into martial arts right and we go there and he's like uh you know oh this is how you choke somebody and yeah. I was like oh shit yeah I might want to choke somebody yeah <laughs> and, well it's just kind of this kind of phys- and he knew I was gonna love it right right and right. um yeah immediately just fell in love and I'm like when can I do this again yeah and the next day I came back and um just got got and, its hooks in you yeah and um man it just it completely took me took over everything in my life it just like yeah his uh like I said, thankfully, thankfully you know, yeah. and um, so I started training uh, jujitsu. I, I loved it. So within the first like less than two years, it was like um, 
16 months or something or 14 months. Mm. I did like 10 jujitsu tournaments, four <laughs> Muay Thai fights and four MMA fights. Okay. Wait, and so what's the difference? Because, you know, I, I know a little bit, but some people listening might not. Give this a try. Yeah, yeah, it's good, man. It's quite smooth, to be honest. Mm. Yeah. It's rum? Yeah, it's rum. Nice. Um, so what's the difference between those three? You just said three. You said uh, jiu-jitsu? Jiu-jitsu, Muay Thai, Muay Thai MMA. MMA. So jiu-jitsu is, uh, you know, there's gi and no gi. It's that wrestling, right? It's kind of like, it's, kind yeah, it's like submission wrestling, I guess, if you want to say. It's like yeah. uh, with the gi, the dogi, as they say in Japan, the gi, yeah. it's a big you know, rope thing that's thick, and you use it to choke people, right? Right, okay. There's also no gi where you do the same kind of moves but without the gi. Yeah. <clears throat> there's no striking. Okay. It's just grappling. Right. So there's no right. strikes, there's no kicks, there's no elbows. Um, and it's all, you start standing up, but it's all on the ground, you know? Mm. And so Muay Thai is um, That's the opposite. Kickboxing. Kickboxing, right? yeah, okay. kickboxing yeah, yeah. where it just punches. It's like the, uh, what is it called? Uh, um, you know, art of eight points or whatever. Your punch, elbows, kicks, knees. Oh, and okay. if you go down, they stand you back up. And there's no oh, grappling geez. at all. Yeah, <laughs> okay, Muay yeah. Thai, they say Muay That's Thai brutal. is the, the toughest because... MMA, if something's going wrong, you can tie somebody up or, you know, you take it different places, but Muay Thai is just like, just stand up and bang, you know, so it's, it's, and then MMA, mixed martial arts is the combination of all of it, so you're doing jiu-jitsu, you're doing Muay Thai, you can punch on the ground. Mm, Okay. Um, Okay. And honestly, when I started, like, uh, you know, I was a professional fighter here in Japan, uh, and that's why I wanted to move to Japan, right? And um, no, I had no intention of ever fighting. I mean, maybe in my... Maybe I did, but I wasn't, like, planning to. You know, I grew up in a small town, and mm. everyone's trying to fight all the time. And, you know, I got in fights yeah. growing up. And where, where, uh, are you, where are you from originally? Kansas, originally. Kansas? Yeah, right. small Ohio. country. Okay, yeah, 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 yeah. Midwest. You yeah. know, like, super rural yeah. Kansas. You know, <laughs> wheat and cows. That's all right, that's right. out there. Okay. And a bunch of angry, young, strong dudes that are always trying to kick everybody else's asses, you know. Yeah. So I wasn't afraid of fighting, but... Uh, I just did jujitsu, and then uh, you know, after my first month of training, I did my first jujitsu tournament. Yeah. No idea what I'm doing. I'm just I want to do it, you know. Yeah. And my coach is Omar, you know, Omar Santiago in Portland. I was like, Hey, Omar, I want to do this. And he's like, yeah. yeah, bro, yeah, let's get you in there, man. Let's see what you want to do. You know, most people are like, No, you got to train at least three to six months, even jujitsu. But I was like, I want to do. It. He's like, Yeah, let's. You know, he, I think he could see my potential. Sure. And he really helped me out because I wasn't making a lot of money then. And he's like, Why is it always the guys that are that's got all the talent that don't have any money? <laughs> you know, but yeah. you know, he let me train and uh, and you know, I was teaching there uh, after a, a year or so, but. Uh, did my first jiu-jitsu tournament. I took first place. I, or wow. t- I think I tied. I ended up taking first. But just completely fell in love with it. And then I did Muay Thai. And he was telling me, he's like, yeah, if you want to do MMA, you got to do this. You got to do that. And I'm thinking like, yeah, I don't, I don't, okay, I don't care. I'm not going to fight MMA. You know, I'm not getting mm-hmm. in the cage. And then I had some Muay Thai fights. And then I remember one day in practice, uh, Omar's like, he just stopped. I think it was Muay Thai practice or something. He's like, right here, guys. Right. And he's pointing at me. He's like, right here, guys. You're going to see him in the UFC. You're going <laughs> to this guy right here. And I'm like, yeah. I thought he was talking about somebody else. He's pointing at me. I'm like, no, 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 dude. You got the wrong guy, you know. Uh, he's like, you might see this dude in the UFC. Watch. I'm telling you. I'm telling you right now. And that kind of shocked me. But, you know, it told me he saw, yeah, he saw it long clearly. before I did, yeah. you know. 
And uh, yeah, I remember my first fight. Uh, I fought this dude. I was 29, and he was like 42. Mm. Uh, what was his name? Boyles. John Boyles, I think, was his name. Really, really nice guy. And he was just a short, stocky, like a 42 or 43. He's like an ex-army guy, wrestler. And, okay. and a co-worker's ex-husband knew the guy. Mm. And they're all like, yeah, I got some information about the dude. I'm like, well, what did they say? They're like... You could hit him with a crowbar and he would laugh at you. <laughs> I'm like, Jesus, don't tell me that. This is my first fight, yeah. you know? Like, Yeah, who am I? Yeah, what am I about to get myself into? And it was true because I went in there, man, and uh, he was a wrestler, so he kept taking me down. I had very little damage, and I remember this one, one particular time for... Uh, specifically where I had him, he was on his back against the cage and I was standing up and I was grabbing his ankles and I would pull his ankles and drop down and punch him. And I did it. The second or third time I did it, it felt like I punched the floor, but it was his face. (laughs) And like, that's the hardest I had ever punched somebody in the face at that time. And even Omar, my my coach who was cornering me, he's like, dude, when you did that, my hands went up because I thought it was lights out because you hit him so hard. And I just remember his eyes got like this big. Oh, my God. Like this. and But he didn't go out, man. And um, (laughs) I I did a lot of damage. I I might have broke his nose. He was, there's pictures. He's just a bloody mess. Oh, man. I got, I'm nothing. I had, you know, a couple scratches, but uh, he won the fight. No. He won the fight. How? Uh, just takedowns and control. And, I mean, I did the most damage for sure. But, yeah, and he did. that. You know, he, he won the fight. And, actually, I was pretty happy for him. I'm okay. like, because, especially back then, I'm older now and I'm, like, more relaxed and not so competitive. But back then, right. I'm like, I my goal when I fought was to make people never want to step in the cage again. Uh-huh. That was my goal. Yeah. Like, and, um and he just did a one-off fight. He just wanted to do it. And he came up against me. Yeah. And I'm like, and I'm no joke. You know, I was right. not experienced, but I was strong and, right, you know, right. willing. Uh, and he won. I was happy for him, man. I'm yeah. like, you put it on the line. And uh, I remember after the fight, he was just like, yeah, yeah. And, you know, he was the crowd favorite, broken, too. Broken oh, nose. he was just bloody and, as hell, man. Oh, man. And he was so pumped. And mm. uh, he was the crowd favorite for sure. Like he's kind of a locally known guy, and everyone was like booing me and shit. Which I don't, I don't care at all. Oh, but, yeah. but um, so that was your initiation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so I had four fights, and I think it went two and two. I lost uh, this guy Freddie Bailey, who actually ended up becoming real good friends with after the fight. Really, I think that was the first time when I fought Freddie. It was my last fight in America. He was like this big, thick black kid, like wrestler like not looking like in good shape but just solid like big big dude and i remember like looking at him and we were looking each other's eyes before the fight and it's like we both knew we had met an equal Mm. you know we knew we were we were equally matched right right and we were gonna bring it again wrestler my uh, my takedown defense uh wasn't so good back then and Mm. i wasn't a wrestler in high school Uh, unfortunately we didn't have wrestling he won that fight uh I broke that's I broke my hand oh, right man. there on his on his head oh, on a God. hammer fist. Yeah, you see the <laughs> that's scar. A, yeah, yeah, that's a huge. That's at least two two inches. Yeah, that's. Scar, uh, right? I mean, yeah. uh, usually like this is a boxer's fracture here. You can see it's a little bit thicker. Right. Um, no surgery re- required there, but this one broke the metacarpal down here, so right. I had to have it pinned in there. <sighs> um, so you know, I've broken my hands and. You got some big ass hands, man. 
Yeah, those those, I solid. mean, fill fill those things. Yeah, like, yeah, it's you know, it's solid, like solid just fish. gripping geese for nine years. Right, right. And doing farm work and shit growing up too, right, I think, kind of right. gave me that core strength. But um, in my nose, look at my nose, like it's just like <laughs> oh, oh, okay, yeah, yeah the cartilage is gone, yeah, right? Yeah. Just from getting punched so many times. Well, you don't have eat. the ears, right? No, I do. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay, a little bit, a little bit. Yeah, feel, feel it. It's a yeah, call I've ear. never, yeah, I've never had him. Wow. Yeah, it's I got solid. Yeah, 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 it's collier. Yeah. I never, I didn't notice it though. It doesn't stand out nearly as much as in some other. People no, because I drain it. Um, drain I drain it. Yeah, shit, yeah, I drain. I drain my ears probably like what, fifty what times. What is it that? What, what yeah. is it that causes that though? It's so, basically it's, a bruise. It's like a bruise. Um, okay. But you know, if you have a bruise like in your arm, uh, the blood can just dissipate. Right. It's got a place to go. It just kind of your body absorbs it. Okay. In your ear, there's no place to absorb. It's just right. skin and cartilage, so it just bubbles up. And it's white blood cells typically coming to try try to like save you know whatever's going right, on. Right, right. Okay. And if you don't drain it, it just gets hard. And in Japan, you can't buy needles. Mm. I ended up getting needles uh, from a fr- another a guy I fought another Kansas kid. My first fight <laughs> in Japan was against no. another Kansas kid. No shit. Crazy. Yeah. Uh, I did win that fight, but uh, I was, he li- he's uh, like a. a uh, army no not army um navy i think mm. and so he got him on the base and gave him to me but yeah you can't buy needles in japan right you know in america you can and i i went in to a uh, drugstore and they just laughed at me right. like i asked the guy because i don't yeah. know japanese i'm like hey do you have this and yeah, he's just yeah. like hi he started oh, laughing and then he like yelled it was embarrassing he yelled at this other girl he's like hey this guy's trying to buy needles <laughs> and she just like starts laughing like what and i'm just like come on guys in, in america you can buy needles yeah, it's you know just a needle right but um so yeah. when you drain that then mm. that's blood it's not like fl- what, what so it's blood that's it's, coming out then so if you do like it fluid? at first like yeah. a lot sometimes it's like a milky white looking thing because it's the white blood cells but then sometimes it's oh, bloody okay, okay. sometimes right. it is bloody right right and the first time i got it was this one in here actually you see inside all right, right a little bit yeah and uh i mean look at both ears you can definitely see the difference there is right? a difference yeah. there is definitely a difference and i freaked out i'm like Oh my God, what's going on? And I was working yeah. with this girl. She was a mom. I'm like, what's this? You know? And she's like, I don't know. I've never seen that. I was like, I got some weird disease, you know? Yeah. And uh, then I, you know, then I thought, oh, maybe it's cauliflower ear. And I, Omar, Omar was like, oh, you're getting it, man. You oh, know? Man. And so I actually got like uh, the protectors, ear protectors, because so true, it's man. sore. It hurts, like, not to protect my ears, but because it hurts like a motherfucker. It doesn't look comfortable, man. It's, I mean, now it's fine, right? Because it's hard. And it doesn't right, hurt right, at all right. once hard. But when it's not hardened, mm. and I had it on both sides, and I could barely sleep because mm. it was so painful. And so I had these, uh, these like, earmuff things on, and then everybody in my gym started calling me uh, Princess Leia. Yeah. <laughs> Well, yeah. Princess Leia. Hey, it's Princess Leia. I was like, I will punch you in the face if you say that one more time. You, you know, embrace like embrace it. Yeah, that's the culture. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. luckily, you know, my name changed to the Caveman. Is my <laughs> that was your, my, your fighting my, name? My yeah? nickname is the Caveman. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Right on. So uh, you're there. You they call you up and you come to Japan on short notice and bam, you're here. Yeah. And like I told my team, right? Yeah, 2013. I told my friend, I'm like, hey, I think I'm going to move to Japan. He's like, okay, whatever. And then I'm like, hey, man, I'm, I'm moving to Japan in a month. He's like, what? I thought you were joking. I'm like, no, I'm, I move here. Way. So, uh, yeah, it was pretty crazy. I, like, sold everything and was freaking out, pacing all over the house. Didn't know what the hell was going <laughs> on. Like, you know, just it's a big jump, right? And 
I have, oh, a yeah. I have a photo somewhere where it's just like two suitcases and my guitar in my room in an empty room and that was my life you know I was yeah. just like holy shit this is real you know and flew over you yeah. what were, what was the thing that concerned you the most about coming to Japan because you didn't speak the language at the time I didn't really care about that I still don't mm. speak the language I mean <laughs> I can get by I can speak a little Japanese but right um uh, nothing really. Like, You're just yeah, ready to go. Man. Yeah, I mean, I moved around. You know, I lived in. I'm from oh, okay. a small town, yeah. Kansas. I lived in Kansas City. I lived in Baltimore, Maryland. I lived mm. in Boston, Massachusetts, a short while. I lived in Scottsdale, Arizona, outside of Phoenix. I lived in Portland, Oregon. You know, I wow, was you like, hit like all corners yeah, of yeah, the United States yeah, so, and the center as well. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, and I'm pretty open-minded uh, about things and cultures, and yeah. I, wasn't I mean I guess the the one thing I was concerned about is just like being away from my friends you know for sure because in my family of course like uh, yeah. you know when I got to Portland Oregon that's the first time in my life that I felt like I was home you know like really? the second day I was in Portland I'll never forget I'm like holy shit this is home really wow yeah, I've yeah. never been What's oh it? dude it's great it's so great yeah yeah I miss it like I hate talking about it because it just makes me you know Nostalgic long thing. for yeah mm. all my friends and it's changed now but it's still cool you know it's still cool yeah. Right on. But yeah. so 2013, you mm-hmm. you step foot in Japan, mm-hmm. and what's your plan, and how did things pan out, man? Uh, my plan was just to fight. You know, I had right. I was teaching English, uh, but my goal was to. I just wanted to live abroad and get you know get out of America and just have that experience, especially in Asia because the you know the culture is so different. And right. I chose Japan because of uh, you know the history of fighting. You know, they kind of sure. Uh, the longest existing organization in Japan is Pancrase. Uh-huh. Started in '93. They're kind of the inventors of modern day MMA. You know, Pancrase comes from Pancration, which is like the old Greek right, right, kind right, of right. you know okay. MMA, and, and that's the league I ended up fighting in is Pancrase. Um, is that right? Yeah, and um, my goal was just to just to train and just to fight and uh i think like my third day here i was i was training i was sparring i found this gym and i think his name was danny bloke this uh mm. this uh kiwi guy that ran this muay thai gym and uh he let me come in he's like yeah as long as you don't have a gym you can train with us but uh i think you're gonna want to find an mma gym and introduce me to this guy tony who ended up being a really good friend of mine we you know, almost chat every day on a uh in, or a messenger and uh, Canadian dude and he, See, that, I, I knew Tony yeah you actually, know Tony because yeah, yeah. he lived we lived in the same building yeah yeah, yeah. Um, is he still in Japan no he no. moved uh, two or three years ago now oh yeah. uh, is that right yeah he's had a baby little girl Sophia Good and they're like uh, out in I think like Toronto area now yeah okay um, oh, back to Canada yeah. yeah yeah they're in Canada okay okay you know. How, so, so you're still fighting then? Are you still uh, fighting professionally? I'm still, or what, what? No, 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 no. I'm not fighting MMA anymore. Mm. I quit like four years ago. Oh, is that right? Yeah. I just, man, the training is just, it's mm. too much. Like, mm. the, the, you know, and I wasn't making enough money. I make a couple thousand a fight, you know, so right. it's not like I could support myself. And thank God, you know, because if I was making, you know, I, I you know, Hisaki Kato, as one of my friends and training partners, Charles, uh, he's quite famous. And, you know, these guys make thirty five, forty thousand 40000 a fight, uh, you mm. know, when he was in Bellator. That's that's some big money. But yeah. to just to be at that 
pro level and just the training it takes to be there and like the con it's like i had no social life you know and i didn't want a social life like right. my focus was to fight and mm. you know i was i was fighting for a couple years and then when i finally came on the scene i was when everyone's like you've been here for two years why don't i know you mm-hmm. you know because mm-hmm. i was like because i never go to bars you know i, was, right, I wasn't right. drinking i wasn't partying i trained i got conchoed by eight-year-olds and I slept and that was it, you know, it's like, yeah. so I would like train in the morning, go teach my classes in the afternoon, go train at night and right. then be completely wiped out, of course. Yeah, sure. And just want to sleep. You know, I was going to bed like it's nine thirty, ten o'clock every night. Mm. It's great. <laughs> like, it's great. Well, yeah. I bet you do have fond memories of that for sure, man. Like, yeah, with training, it's either you love it or you hate it, yeah. you know, and I did love the training and oh, yeah. I had, I'm lucky to have really good training partners and. Learned a lot, and uh, it's just when your body, when you like train your body and your mind to be at that that kind of level. Mm. Uh, it, you know, you're eating right, you're training right, you're always working through injuries, but you're getting the sleep, and you just feel like fucking invincible, man. Mm. You know, mm. it's like I am, I am a professional fighter. Like I am mm. a well-oiled machine that right. is made to do one thing. Right. You know, right. and that's that's a great feeling you know yeah yeah for but sure. i don't yearn for that anymore you know yeah I'm well just, that was a stage right yeah yeah, yeah yeah okay well but right now you you're on to more of the instructing stage right rather than the act actually fighting uh well you're, so if they say like a life cycle of uh it, it's exactly what happened to me life cycle of a fighter jujitsu muay thai mma jujitsu really yeah so why is that because why, why, yeah why, why is that the arc because Jiu-jitsu is like, you know, like my uh, Omar used to say is like, jiu-jitsu is like brushing your teeth. It's something you do every day. It's just, it's your basics. It's your base. You have to do Muay Thai is like digging a hole, man. It's hard. It's hard, you know? So jiu-jitsu is like, I love jiu-jitsu because it's something you can do your entire life, you know? Yeah. Um, It's super technical. You're not getting beat up. Yeah, of course you can get injured and there's some things that can happen and it's a physical sport, but... Um, you can do it 50, 60 years old, you know? Really? Yeah, yeah, for sure. And so, and it's just a crazy, it's just so technical. Mm. Um, and there's always something new to learn, you know? Right. There's like, you know, I'm a purple belt now. I should have my brown soon. And, you know, I didn't even feel like, I've been training for almost nine years now. When I got my purple belt, I didn't even, that's when I felt like I just started learning jujitsu mm. after like, seven or, or eight years wow. of training wow. when i got my purple belt, i'm like ah oh, now i'm now i'm kind of starting to understand jujitsu right it's right. crazy man yeah there's like so it's many deep. levels you yeah, know yeah. it's like there's five belts you know white blue purple brown black okay and everyone's like well you know my my 10 year old daughter's got a black belt in karate like she's nidan you know <laughs> and that's great mm. but like jujitsu is a completely different animal you know okay. they say jujitsu okay. black belt is the the hardest black belt to achieve and it takes about 10 years so basically a blue belt in jiu-jitsu is like a black belt and a lot of other martial sure. arts you know and it's a, um, it's a phd in academia <laughs> yeah right yeah it's crazy man it's crazy um and then you you see that level and you see those kind of levels of you know experience and mm. uh and techniques and um Oh, it's just I love it, man. I just mm. love it so much. Like, mm. and I kind of fell out of love with jujitsu, or not jujitsu, but just martial arts and fighting in general, because I just got burnt out 
from no, fighting, you know, and I got burnt out. And my last fight, I got knocked out. Um, and that's not, I guess that was not a reality check. It's going to happen. That's the only time I ever got knocked out. But I thought I was going to bounce back off that and come back and, you know, and, and win fights. But then I was just like, uh, I don't want to, I don't want to train so hard anymore. <laughs> you right. know, like, what is it like to be knocked out, man? Honestly, um, I don't even remember it. Really? It was a really messed up. So Charles Hisaki Kato was my corner man. uh, And and I was winning the fight, man. I came out and I thought I had this dude. It was a uh, Pancrase tournament. Yeah. And it was the first fight. And this dude was, he had like 35 or 40 fights. Pretty bad record, but a lot of experience where I had not so much experience, especially on the pro side. Right. He had these big old thick thighs, Japanese dude. And I came out and just, about knocked him out in the first 30 seconds. No. He went like down. Yeah. yeah, just punch, punch. And he went down, and I just started uppercutting him. I'm like, oh, I'm going to finish. I'm going to finish. And he had a lot of experience. He just wrapped me up and held me, and we were, like, kind of rolling you know, around, standing up on the cage. And then we broke. And my inexperience, I'm, like, mm. still in my mind thinking the guy's hurt, and I'm trying to finish. And he, he was a southpaw, uh, left, he was left-handed, mm. and mm. he caught me with an inside hook and just clipped my chin and it, dropped me mm. but i recovered and i got him in my guard on the ground and i'm thinking okay no problem i'll get to the next round i'll finish him then and the last thing i remember is that you know 10 seconds to clap and then the next thing i remember is standing up and the dude's hands in the air no and i'm like yo 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 and i was like uh, <laughs> and the ref i'm beating the shit out of this guy <laughs> yeah well and the ref like the ref knew me or you know he ref some of the, my other fights and I'm like, yo, I'm like, dude, what, what are you doing? I wasn't knocked out. What, the fight's not over. And I'm like, in my mind, I'm like, I'm not leaving this cage until my hand is raised. Right. Because right. that's what I came here for. And that's right. the only thing I know to do is just to win. Right. It's the objective. Of course, you live, lose, but, you know, never, if you ever go into a fight thinking, oh, I'm scared, I think I'm going to lose, then don't even fight. You yeah, know, like, yeah. my mentality is like, I'm going to win 100%. Right, right. And, um... And he's like pointing out the cage. He's like, get out, get out. Kind of put his head down, just like pointing. <laughs> um, and uh, he, uh, maybe if you want one of these, I don't know. If it's like, <laughs> uh, no, 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 I'm good for now. Yeah. Thanks. <laughs> I don't know if they actually work. Um, yeah. But um, <laughs> so Charles, Charles came in. He's like, hey, relax, calm down. Everything's fine. He's like, follow me. And I'm like, dude, I was. And then I remember when I was walking, I was a little wobbly. Like yeah. my knees were a little shaky. And I got out of the cage and sat down, and there's a doctor there, and I was, like, yelling. I'm like, I wasn't knocked out. I wasn't knocked out. Charles was like, yes, you were. Yes, you were. And then the doctor was like, I feel bad. It's kind of an asshole. Doctor's saying to me, I'm like, Nihongwa Karanai! Nihongwa Karanai! I don't speak Japanese. Oh, yeah. I was like, I don't speak. I don't know Japanese. And Charles is, like, half Japanese. You know, he's like, dude, fucking, you know, <laughs> be respectful, man. Yeah, like, right. And uh, I was just, I wasn't all there, you right. know, and I, um, and then he's like, I was arguing, I wasn't knocked out, I wasn't knocked out, Charles was like, dude, your arms were at your side and your head was bouncing off the canvas. Oh, and I was dating this girl at the time and uh, she came the first, it was, and she actually recorded it, poor girl saw me get knocked the oh, fuck man. out. And what happened, like, <laughs> he slipped and then he just started 
dropping elbows on my face. Oh my god! And it just boom, boom, boom. And I was knocked out, and I never got a headache. I never hurt. My jaw right here was sore for like a week, but it didn't break my jaw. Thank God. That's one of my biggest Ooh. fears: is getting. I don't want my my sure, mouth sure. wired shut. You know. Yeah. And I was like, all right. And then, you know, I still planned on fighting, um, but mm. I just I lost. I lost it, man. I'm right, just like right. I'm done. You know. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. So that's the arc then, yeah? So yeah. Uh, you said jiu-jitsu, uh, Muay Thai, MMA, MMA jiu-jitsu. Yeah. So you're, you're back on that. Yeah. The, the, the end of that arc. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So you, you, do you have a class you're, you're teaching? Uh, you're well, teaching? so I tore my MCL two weeks right, ago. Right, right, right. Uh, my, last, my first class was actually supposed to be yesterday. Oh, yeah. It was yesterday. Mm. And, um, you know, I, I'm training at, my main gym is Alive, uh, Alive MMA, and then the sister gym, Hatsuhioki, is quite famous, he's in the UFC, it, uh, uh, Start is his gym, mm. and they've got some English speakers, and Kaysan, he's a, an instructor there, lived in LA for 25 years, speaks fluent English, and so they have more foreigners there, and I'm like, man, I really want to teach jujitsu because that's what I was, you know, I taught a little bit when I was a blue belt in America a long time ago. But right, right. Uh, and um, and I'm thinking, I was at a live actually, and I'm like, yeah, I want to teach. I want to teach to one of the guys there, and they're like, oh, you should, oh, you should teach at a start. You know, there's a bunch of English speakers there, and that kind of planted a seed. And I was like, shit, mm. man, that's a great idea. So yeah. I approached Hatsu like a month and a half ago. Like, hey, Hatsu, man, uh, I, I'm looking at a schedule. I'm like, hey, Wednesday nights, there's no classes. Um, how about you let me start my own class in English? I want to teach in English, you know? Yeah. I didn't know what he was going to say, but I saw him kind of, you know, thinking about it. He's like, yeah, you know, we've been thinking about wanting to start some new classes. That might be a good idea. Yeah. Uh, let me talk to Kay about it. And so then he finally he came at it with me, uh, had an offer for me, and you know, I'm not getting paid a lot of money, and it's not really about the money for me. It just, uh, mm. I just love jujitsu. Like it changed my life, sure, uh, took sure. over my life, and I just want to give back. And so, had our first class yesterday. Kay led it. I was talking, and of course, I made my appearance, presence be known. I was there. Hey, this is going to be my class, but my knee's a little messed up, so right, Kay's right. going to run it right now. And yeah, we had 20 people, man. Really? Wow. 20 people. Full. I was like, I. It's kind of. I couldn't believe it, you know. Kids? No, What's no kids, all adults. Um, there was oh, really? wow. 14 Japanese and seven, uh, six, I guess it would be if there's 20 uh, foreigners. I, Great and, turnout, man. And guys and girls and, you know, I think, you know, it's kind of the foreigner, American bit of the exotic guy. And everybody knows me oh, there, yeah, you know, sure, and uh, English, just yeah. being able to, like, listen and be around foreigners and hear English. It's a lot of value added, man. <laughs> And you learn to beat someone's ass. Well, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> and, um, That's the model, man. Yeah, it was a great, great turnout. So I'm really excited, uh, and I want to build that class. And uh, I'm so lo I'm looking forward to teaching, man. That's know? great. I'm, just looking, I'm looking forward to progressing in, in my career in jiu-jitsu as well. And I'm going to get mm. my brown belt. I'm, I'm definitely getting my black belt. Right. Um, you know, it's going to happen. Uh, you know, once you get to a certain point in jiu-jitsu... You can't. There's no stopping. It's impossible. Right, right, yeah. You know, you get to blue belt, and then I think a lot of people stop at blue belt because it's like, 
White belt, you don't know what you don't know. Blue belt, you know what you don't know. Okay. And you get to that blue belt level and you have this base, and but then you see like this mountain that you have to climb. It's like, holy shit. Yeah. Like the journey is not easy, you know. Mm. It's not easy, man. Mm. Um, and a lot of people get intimidated by that. But if you keep going, once you get to like the purple belt level, you, there's almost, you cannot stop. It's yeah. like a drug, man. Yeah. It's oh, I'm so sure. it's so addictive. Sure. The I'm techniques, sure. it's like a you know, Joe Rogan said it best one time and I once I got to like Purple Ball, I started to really understand that. He said once you get to a certain level, it's like a video game. Because mm. you just it's so technical and if you see you moves can, and, and yeah. you just set people up and there's like no stopping it. Like jujitsu works, man. Right, right. And yeah. it's like it's like you ever wanted to be like a magician or a superhero? Like a, some kind of wizard, you know, jujitsu is where it's at, man. Yeah. Yeah, it's great. That's all. Do you have any, well, you said uh, get the brown, get the black. Mm. Maybe open a gym of your own at yeah. some point? Yeah, for yeah. sure. Um, yeah. That's definitely one of my goals, um, to open that's my awesome. own gym. Uh, yeah. I'm thinking like a two-year plan from now. It's expensive, man. I have to find some financial backing probably, but... Right. Like, my dream would be to have my own gym, man. Yeah. And really, if in Japan, I don't want to be, you know, typical, like, oh, I got an Aokaiwa, like, English school. But <laughs> for me, like, what I want to do, I want to have two two floors. First floor, dojo, jujitsu gym, mats. And, of course, I would want, I could teach Muay Thai, and I can coach MMA and do right, this kind of stuff, right. too. Second floor, English school. Nice. So people come, but they have to walk through the gym to get to the English school. They yeah. come for, they're like, what's this? I'm like, oh, this is jujitsu. You want to give it a try? That's a good like, idea. You know? That's a good idea. Trial lessons, things like that. Yeah. Get people interested. Um, so is that your main focus? What's that? Uh, the, the class that you've got going right now and, and potentially, you know, looking to open a gym in the next book. Um, so I just want to get the experience teaching because mm. I don't have a lot of experience teaching. I taught a little bit, like I said, in America, but that was like seven years ago now. Yeah. And I was a blue belt and, um, you know, I have a lot more knowledge now, but just because you know something doesn't mean you can teach it, mm. you know? And that's like when you start teaching, you're like, holy shit, this isn't easy, you know, right. to keep people motivated, to keep the class interesting, to keep them coming back, you know, it's not easy. Sure, sure. Um, but yeah. I know for sure I can do it, and I'm going to do it, and, like, people are going to, I want people to have, like, they come to my class, they're going to be like, oh, my God, that is the best class I've ever had in my life every time, right. and they're going to come back, so, um, yeah, my focus right now, of course, is to progress in my own journey in, in uh, jiu-jitsu and get my brown belt, get my black belt, but mm. also teach and get the experience in, like, I just want to. I just want to spread the love, man. You yeah. know, like of jujitsu. Like, it. Like for me, like I said, the day one I started jujitsu, I just completely fell in love with it, and I was like, and uh, if I can like spark a flame in, into one person, right. you know, to that, it's completely worth it for me. You know. Well, I can tell just talking to you here that it's clearly a part of you. Oh yeah, it's like it's your like, identity, oh, it's your hobby. Your, it's your hobby. I'm like, no, no, it's not my hobby. Like, you don't yeah. understand. This is like breathing for me. Like, right. I have to do it. Right. If right. I can't, if I can't do it, I will die. You know, that's yeah. what it feels like for me. You're right. Yeah, 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 for sure. So, uh, you you mentioned at the beginning of this, and I thought it was interesting that you've lived here in Nagoya, or in, well, in Japan, longer than you've lived in any other city in yeah. your life. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. since I was 18. Since you're you 18. Know, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So then, so, are you pretty much at home here? 
I don't know, man. Yeah, talk you know, about that. Mm. Well, you know, it's like everybody, it's like once a day, someone will be like, are you going to stay here forever? Yeah. You know, how often do people ask you that question? Yeah, I, well, people do ask me that um, through work quite a bit because, yeah. I, you know, I, I'm the head of an NPO in mm. Japan and they're just, they're, they're interested in, in, I guess, maybe my career arc. Um, I got those questions a lot yeah. back at the start, that's for sure. Yeah. But once you get this, yeah, the sure. wedding ring, yeah. um, people, they, they kind of get the point. Sure, yeah. <laughs> so. Um, so the question is like, how long do I see myself in Japan? Like, yeah, in Japan or yeah, I mean just, uh, it's, it's, you've never lived in another city in Japan than Nagoya, yeah? Have you been here your entire time? Yeah, I've been in Nagoya my entire time. That's uh, interesting, man. I mean, I love Osaka. Um, Osaka's, Osaka's so ship, cool. Man. I know you Osaka's, live there, man. Uh, like, uh, I mean, I go there like once every two months. Yeah. You know, just yeah. to feel like, get out of Nagoya a little oh, bit. Nothing sure. against Nagoya, you know, but even... Um, I mean, I went to Tokyo, you know, I do like some modeling and acting here as well. Yeah. And I went to Tokyo last week. Uh, yeah. Actually, I did a commercial with uh, Nishikori K. No you know shit. That guy? Yeah, he's yeah, a tennis player. Yeah, yeah, I'm yeah. a huge tennis fan. Okay, yeah, yeah. I met him. Kind no, of, yeah, yeah. really? I was kind of like the main kind of gaijin in the commercial. You'll see it on TV probably. It's like, yeah. You know, I probably shouldn't be talking about it. I don't think I was supposed to, but. <laughs> don't worry, not too many people. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but. That is incredible, yeah, man. Yeah, so, you know, in Tokyo, it's just like so crazy, man. It's you true. feel You feel like a country bumpkin. Coming from Nagoya to Tokyo, I like get off the train and there's just a river of people. <laughs> I'm like, holy shit, man. It's like crazy. Yeah. Um, and so I was, you know, my my problem is, is mm. I'm like ADD as a motherfucker, you know, <laughs> and like I get my fingers into too many pies. Okay. You know, it's like right. I want to do everything and... And people kind of, I think I have something and people see something. I mean, they, I get, I try to get pulled in so many different directions mm. and I, there's all these opportunities and I right. just spread myself thin, you right, know? Right. So I'm thinking like, you know, being in Tokyo and talking to some of the other models, I'm like, oh man, I could probably like make a career out of modeling and commercial acting in Tokyo, you know? Oh um, yeah. I think there's definitely a market for that, man. I mean, Tokyo, it's like. You know, people are like, "Whoa, there's there's twice the competition." But I'm like, "Yeah, but there's like five times the opportunities." Sure, yeah. You know, and I'm quite no doubt about that. I'm confident with what I can do as well. Mm. You know, um, so I'm like, "Oh man, maybe I should move to Tokyo." But you know, like my friends, like, dude, focus on your jujitsu. <laughs> like, <laughs> Getting pulled back. Yeah, here, yeah, and, it, yeah. and you know, he's right. Like. Um, uh, I mean, but it would be nice to live in Osaka. If I moved, my heart wants to go to Osaka, mm. but my brain wants to go to Tokyo. Yeah, you know. And your body's stuck here. Yeah, Nagoya. Yeah, <laughs> but Nagoya is cool, you know, because it's kind of, you know, I don't really, I'm not so connected with the Gaijin community here, but um, it's kind of small town, and mm. I I know a lot of people. You know, I play music. I have the I, uh, my band, the Jerks, and yeah. We're quite well known in town and a lot of people know us and I know a lot of people right. and I'm not saying I'm like famous or big shot or whatever, <laughs> but, but, um, yeah, yeah. Sure, sure. my, the friends I hang out with are like, you know, all of most of them left. Right. Like that's why it's so bum. Like, right. Right. 
you know, Tony and that whole crew, like all the people I, I moved here and when I first met, when I moved here are all gone. And that's so depressing, man. Yeah. Like, and that's, that's really kind of, that's the big bummer about living here. You know, people come and they go and. Well, yeah, that's, they, well, that's definitely uh, a part of sort of the English teaching community. Here, yeah, right? yeah. And I was the only expat. a part of it. Yeah, exactly. Mm. It's, it's transitory, mm. right? Every, you know, they're. Everyone's a, a contracted employee. Yeah. No one is obligated to stay long term. Yeah. Most people came like you mm. with short term goals. Yeah. You know, just looking to experience something. No new goals, just short term vision. Yeah, exactly, exactly, <laughs> exactly. And for some people, it works out, right? Like Japan just fits, and mm. you find your own niche, mm. and you're able to. You know, that's what happened with me. That's what happened with you. That's mm. what happened. I know a handful of other people have done that. The rest usually stay for a year to two years mm. and then they're on the way yeah, back, you know? yeah and so and that's nothing against them yeah yeah right? yeah of course yeah um, i mean that's a natural thing you know but it's just like it's such a heartbreaker man when your like sure. family leaves well, yeah, and i'm like yeah. you know and i met this guy and we we trained jujitsu together and he's like reluctantly became my friend kind of at first and then he started to train uh, he was actually uh um he's from uh, new zealand he was a judo olympian he was like in the 2002 i think it was like uh sydney olympics really wow Impressive. uh and he's like yeah i usually don't we exchange information and he's like yeah i usually don't give my uh information to guys foreign especially foreign guys i'm mm -hmm. like oh okay like i don't like fucking well don't give it to me then i don't give a shit you know like <laughs> but but he told me like later he's like dude it's like he and he and now he moved back to to new zealand he didn't even fucking tell me oh man it's like god it's really yeah it's Shut, hard like shutting it down on yeah you. we were at, we were training and he's like hey you know so and so's moving back i'm like no he's not he's like yeah i am he's like yeah he's moving next week i'm like next week <laughs> like you're not even gonna tell me like what the hell man and he was just like, yeah, you know, so many people come and go. You just stop trying to meet new people because they mm. never stick around. And now I get that. I understand right, right, that, you right, know. Right. And it can be a lonely place here, man. You For know, sure. it's like, sure. and that's why mm. you see a lot of foreigners here that are kind of, you know, I don't want to say weirdos, but weirdos, man. <laughs> you know, because it's like, you know what I'm talking about? It's just like yeah. these guys that have been here for so long and they're just like, you know, You've been here for like six, seven years now. It's like yeah. when you go back to America, man, it's it's weird. You don't mm. feel like an American. You, of course you are and you do, but it's just like Japan changes you, man. Preach it, brother. Oh, yeah. It's like It's so weird. I get reverse uh, culture shock. Like, yeah. And I'm like. People are asking me because like as, as much as, as Americans and – well, yeah, mainly Americans, I think, have this perception of Japan as being like this super advanced, technologically advanced culture and all of this stuff. At Which the is so ends. wrong. It's not the case, right? right? It's so wrong. It's the case. It was the case. Yeah, in the but 80s. Like, yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's not the case at all anymore. And right now, they're lagging behind. So like... Big time. I talk to people and they're like, yeah, you have Venmo? And I'm like, Venmo? I don't even what is what is this this app? I don't know any of this. That's this. like some streaming app or something. What is no Venmo? no? I think it's like it's like a almost like a PayPal type of. Uh, okay, of I've services. heard of Venmo. Yeah, or I'm thinking of Vimeo or some shit actually. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, I can't I can't keep up with it. And yeah. every time I go back, I I know exactly what you mean yeah. about that culture shock. 
is it takes a while to like sink in and feel comfortable again. It's crazy, man. Yeah. You walk into a bar and it's like football's on TV and it's loud. And you're just like, oh shit, I'm in America, dude. It was embarrassing. I was with my brother uh, and some of his friends in Colorado, and I'm like eating. Uh, it was like a zucchini string zucchini, yeah. and I'm like, like slurping it up. Yeah, oh yeah. my god. Yeah. And my. And my brother's friend's like, oh, my God, you've been in Japan way too long. It was so embarrassing, man. Yeah, like, man. Oh, I, know what you, I know what you mean. I know what you mean. But for those who, you know, for the Americans and for the other foreigners, for, for whom Japan just works, then it works. And, like, it, and it's nice. And it gets comfortable. And it's, like you said, it is, it is a, a lonely country, mm. honestly, if you don't go out of your way to, like, make certain connections yeah. and find your niche right but you know i came here like you planning to live for a year and a half i blink i'm now married yeah and i've lived here seven years and yeah. it's like you know you get focused on something for me it was it was japanese actually yeah, at the yeah, start yeah. right uh for you yeah you're like the white samurai of the nihongo <laughs> <laughs> but um yeah it, and one thing that is interesting about Japan is that it, it offers an environment where you can totally f- focus your, your energies, concentrate your energy on, on something. Like for me, obviously that was Japanese and it makes sense it being Japan. For you, it was martial arts, right? And Do you think I, that's mm. the exception though? Because I feel like a lot of people come and I, I feel like a lot of people stay in Japan. It's not because they like it here, but it's just too comfortable. It's comfortable. It's too comfortable, man. Yeah. You just get this like, I don't want to say like false sense of security, but, you know, even just as a teacher, mm-hmm. um, you can make a decent salary. You're not too worried about money. You're not getting rich by any means, but you can do some traveling. You can go out and drink with your friends it's a safe country, you know. And it's it's so convenient. It's so, yeah, it's convenient, <laughs> it's safe, and then you just kind of become complacent almost, you mm. know. And that mm. and that's actually, for me, like, I hate complacency. Like, I do not want to be complacent. And for me, I'm like, okay, I always think, like, do I need to move back to America? Because I left a really good job, actually. I was, like, mm. project manager uh, this uh, in this company and had a really nice job. And hindsight's twenty twenty. I'd probably be doing pretty well right now. Mm. Posted up, bought a house in Portland, Oregon, and mm. probably have a pretty nice life. But whatever, like no regrets. Um, but um, sorry, I got I kind of got off track on no, my. No, no, but uh, just like you're talking being about, complacent. Like I, I, I do see that, and I see that with some people, with some foreigners who do move to Japan, and they just get in like that expat gig, right? Yeah, but for me, like if I'm progressing, if I'm if I'm bettering sorry. my situation. Over and over and over, like, if I'm continuing to move forward, if I'm not just, like, flatlining, I'm like, okay, then I deserve to be here. Right. If I if I flatline and I mm-hmm. don't improve my position mm-hmm. and I don't, you know, and I am kind of digress, then I'm like, okay, then I should probably move Let's on. pack it up. But mm-hmm. I, every time, you know, now I'm, I'm managing a small English school. I'm teaching there. Um, you know, that comes with another, as you probably know, like, mm-hmm. <laughs> like running an NPO, just, like, yeah. all this these other headaches but um it's experience and it's uh i mean i can't can't complain about my life here in japan at all yeah for sure so you have any advice to wrap up for people who are maybe interested in coming or people who just came 
Uh, to Japan specifically? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, just do it. <laughs> you know, like if you want, like if you want to do it. I think, yeah. I don't know. I feel like if you want to do it, then just do it. Mm. Especially, I mean, I moved here when I was thirty. You know, and I already had like, oh, a bu- yeah, yeah. I, mm. I already had a bunch of, uh, and that's why I was kind of like. I knew I had a bunch of business experience that I could fall back on. Like, I already built a really good resume. Right. A lot of people get out of college and they move here and they live, you know, oh, one year, then it's five, and then they move back to America when they're, like, 28, and they're like, what am I going to do with my life? So, right. but even then, like, who cares? I'm like, if you want to move uh, to abroad in general or to Japan, I'd say just just do it. Why not? I mean, right on. I'm I'm more of a free spirit kind yeah, of guy. Yeah, I don't really yeah, worry about it. shit, I you know. Yeah. Um, but you know, I I think if you make a big jump like that, if you if you move abroad, uh, especially Japan, it's a safe country. It's nice. It's not the cheapest country, of course, but you can get around. You can go to Southeast Asia. You can go to Korea and Hong Kong and all yeah. these places pretty cheaply. Um, ha- have the experience, man. Why not? You know, yeah. you, you only live once. YOLO! (laughs) (laughs) Where uh, can people find you, your band? And uh, tell them something about the English classes and we'll wrap up. Uh, Sorry, not English, uh, Jiu-Jitsu. Where they can, maybe, if they want to look into those. Sure. Um, So, uh, I think uh, my Instagram is at Ron, R, excuse me, at R Schroeder. S-C-H-R-O-T-E-R. All right. Um, You can find me there. Um, If you... Google Ron the Caveman. <laughs> You'll find a bunch of funny stuff probably. You can yeah. find my Instagram and my Facebook page there. I'm teaching at Start. Okay. S-T-A-R-T, Start. Right. Um, it's here in Nagoya. Where, um, where in Nagoya? Like uh, kind of like near Kokusai Center. Like, okay, okay, uh, yeah. You know, a little right bit on. north of there. Um, but yeah, uh, if you have any questions about... Mm martial arts jujitsu specifically um or my experience uh you know modeling or my music like actually a lot of people always come to me they say i'm kind of successful in the modeling world like i want to do that how do i do it i'm like well i did you know it's like (laughs) like, it's kind of funny it's kind of funny thing because i did a commercial and i said yes yeah well it was kind of i had a commercial and it kind of became it was huge and then like seriously like 20 dudes are like emailing me like, I want to be in a commercial. How do I do it? And I'm like, well, you know, I want to be a black belt in jujitsu too. And guess what? It's yeah. like, you got to put in some work, you know? Right, right, right. Uh, but I can give some advice with that too. So yeah, I'm on Facebook. I'm on Instagram. Instagram is the best. R. Schroeder, at R. Schroeder. I'm right there. on, man. Great. Well, thanks, man. This was yeah. super fun. Yeah, thank you.